Hello you. Welcome back to another episode of the Hiker Podcast. I'm your host, Owen Hamilton. And from the immortal words of this week's guest, head good, feet good, mind good, body good, all good. Let's go. Well, if you haven't guessed by now, our guest of the podcast this week is none other than Derek Cullen, an Irish hiker, storyteller and adventurer. We first met Derek way back in the pre-COVID times when he was embarking on a walk around the island of Ireland, a journey that lasted just over two and a half months and brought him to some of the most remote areas on the island, all the way back to his home in Dublin. But Derek's adventure started way before this. In this interview, we talk about how Derek found the outdoors as a way to deal with loss and to work through some of the hardest times in his life. We chat about some of his biggest adventures, including the trip around Ireland, his through hike of the PCT, his uh, cycling trip across Africa, his through hike of the East Coast Trail and the Camino de Santiago. There's something very special about the way that Derek talks about his love for the outdoors and adventure. You should go check out all of his content on YouTube and any, everywhere else he is online. You won't be starved for entertainment and inspiration and I'm really looking forward to hearing the feedback on this interview. But just before we get into the interview, I have a quick update from the, the team at Hiker. There's been a lot happening over the last few weeks, so here's a few bullet point headlines. First of all, we're closing in on 7,000 trails worldwide. Just to think, a couple of months ago or earlier on in 2021, uh, I was talking about getting up to 2,500 trails. We're nearly at 7,000 trails worldwide. So that's all thanks to our trail production team, Malika, Atinder and Nababida. Uh, of that, over 2,000 trails are in the UK alone and uh, we'll we'll hopefully have about 10,000 trails in the UK by the end of summer. So it's going to be a pretty busy year for our trail production team. We're in the closing stages of a funding round that we're really excited about because this is going to help us further develop the platform and make Hiker the best possible tool for hikers all around the world. Uh, we also have a number of trail partnerships that we'll be announcing in the coming weeks. I'll actually be announcing one tomorrow. So keep an eye out for, on our social media for that. Some of them really exciting ones here. Not one, but two national scenic trails in the US. A very exciting long distance trail in Armenia. And a number of other ones that are going to be announced in the weekends, weeks to come. It's my birthday. It's actually my birthday this time. I'm I'm old. I get it. Uh, but uh, as a present, my girlfriend, she brought me to Snowdonia last weekend. Uh, it was mesmerizing. It was Middle Earth. I just fell in love with it. It's absolute hiker's heaven. We went to uh, Mol Shabbat. We, we attempted to go up Snowden. Uh, both days we got absolutely blown off the mountain it's just it was the wind was way too wild to be going to the higher points but we got some amazing hiking in we did a little bit a section of the snowdonia slate trail and we did uh we mapped out our own trail going from uh Capelcurig right up to the to the well up as far as we could get up on uh on, on snowden um but my god the views 
the infrastructure over there it's just absolutely fantastic we we ate in a cafe the the shabu cafe cafe really good food really good walkers uh cafe to go in even just to sit there and people watch and look at everybody planning their trips for the day absolutely amazing experience i can't wait to go back and i will be back very soon as always if you're planning your hiking adventures for 2022 why not use hiker pro download your maps offline and keep yourself on track with the premium version of the app and you can bag yourself a nice little discount as a podcast listener with the code podcast at checkout lastly if you're up for checking out the next generation of hiker head over to www.hiker we don't need to do www anymore do we that's just a given okay it's hiker.app forward slash beta so that's hiker h-i-i-k-e-r dot a-p-p forward slash b-e-t-a hiker.app forward slash beta and that'll sign you up to our beta program and we're recruiting people to test out the newest features of hiker so you'll get early access to everything on the new platform okay breathe head good feet good body good mind good all good let's go Derek Cullen, my old yeah. friend, my old flower. How how the hell are you? Hey, Owen. I'm doing okay. I was going to say great, but I'm doing okay. I'm doing better than I was doing probably a few months ago, but probably not as good as I was doing two years ago. Oh. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people will be in the same boat as that. See, the last two years has been immensely immensely difficult for a lot of people but that doesn't obviously diminish or take away from our own individual pain uh, and, uh, yeah. and and hardships but it's good to see you it's really good to see it um anybody listen any, thanks very much um it, it, just for anybody who's listening to this you, you we've come up with a little makeshift uh video system here because uh Derek doesn't have a webcam uh, so we're uh, propping both of our phones up so we can actually look at each other and 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 uh, and interact on a, a facial level. Um, it's good though; it works. I'm not as tech savvy as I like to think I am, but this actually seems like it's working so far. It, it does, and like the video uh, streaming in my new apartment, it hasn't been great so far. So, and this is actually the cleanest it's been. So maybe I'll start oh, using good. this going forward. Go. So, um, fine, yeah. So yeah, uh, anybody listening to this uh, that had been following Hiker or following Derek for the past number of years uh, would know that we have met before. Um, we actually met Derek and uh, uh, supported him on, on his way around uh, the around Ireland. He did a, a three thousand uh, kilometer ish or plus uh, hike around the island of Ireland, and uh, we met up with him down in Dingle, and we uh, we shot a bit of an interview down there. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, so you can find it on our YouTube channel. I'm pretty sure Derek, you you shared it on your channels as well, so you'd be able to find it there. Um, but we haven't actually spoken since face to face, and yeah, it's it's just good to see it. Um, yeah, it's lovely. So that was a great time, by the way, when you when you came down. It was in wasn't Perry. it? And there was yourself and the three lads, Paul Finley, and then the Brian and Joe. But that was an incredible time. It was a bit of a storm, if I remember. That day you came down, it was raining heavy. I yeah. was walking in the rain all day. But just having you lads down and around about the place was brilliant for me. And at that point, I hadn't intended to walk all the way around Ireland. I was just going to the coast. So when yourselves got involved, 
And then a couple of the other companies got involved and said, look, we're going to help support the rest of the way if you want to keep walking. So it was only really that weekend that I decided, right, let's just keep walking. So, <laughs> so I think it was, it was great crack altogether. It was, ne- it was nearly uh, when we were in the car on the way down that you told us that you're going to keep going. We, and I'm sure you had considered it. It wasn't just, a, you know, uh, I'll do it. But um, yeah. I, I remember, yeah, the, the weekend that we were down there, it was... It was very uh, thrown together, but we, we made it work. We really, really did make it work uh, for, for the for the couple of days that we were there. I just I just remember yeah. uh, driving around the peninsula, because uh, uh, sitting down yeah. the beach, waiting for you to, uh, to to come over the hill. It's like, is that him? Is that him? And there actually <laughs> there, there happened to be a couple of people that were hiking the the Dingle Way that 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 weekend. And uh, right. it was it, and it, like we actually genuinely saw a couple of hikers come over the hill. And thinking, no, is that him coming over there? It, like, it actually happened to be somebody else. So uh, it was right. that weekend. Yeah, it was an incredible time. Mad weather, but really great crack hanging out with you. And yeah, I think it was just real exciting because that was that was supposed to be the end of that trip. And it was mm. actually the beginning, literally. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and you continued on. You did the full circle of the, of the island and you met some incredible, incredible people on the way. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a, it was a, it was an amazing adventure to be part of, you know, even a small sliver of it, but amazing adventure to, to watch. So again, uh, as you'll gather from it's this, one of my, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite trips I've ever taken that yeah. at the time. And it was the one that surprised me the most because I'd spent so many years abroad in all these, let's say exotic places hmm. and I was wondering if I could find the same sense of adventure here at home in Ireland. And I wasn't sure as I, I suspected not, but it was the complete opposite. And when I met yourselves and all those people you mentioned on the trip around Ireland, you know, throughout the course of the five months or however long it was, it really was an adventure where I knew I didn't know what the hell was going to happen every day. And mm. I didn't have any set route as you'll remember so most of the time I didn't know where I was going to end up that day. And I ended up on completely opposite directions of where i planned to go and it's like i ended up in cork city one day which was like about 50 kilometers out of the way <laughs> but it was it was so much fun because it didn't matter the whole yeah. adventure was about uncertainty and just going with the flow and just meeting yourselves and all these other random people along the way like that just added to it and just kind of showed that you could have an adventure anywhere even on your own doorstep i remember uh the the night that we were there because actually we got down there pretty late on I think it was the Friday night or possibly the Saturday I'm not sure um and we stayed in the the, I think it was just the Dingle Hostel which is on the outskirts of the town and we we got in there really late we we had pizza and we just went straight to bed and we woke up the next morning uh like just slowly getting up in the morning trying to figure out breakfast and stuff like that okay all right better text eric see where he is and then all of a sudden just look at the window and you're walking past you 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 actually had camped on the grounds of the hostel that's right yeah i would have been asleep a long time before you guys yeah (laughs) after walking all day i tend to be asleep pretty early but that was hilarious yeah you were actually you were actually right on in the same place as me. Yeah, it was and it, was, it, it worked really well for the two lads, the two uh, uh, camera guys, Joe and Brian, that we had with us because they were able to get straight to work. They were getting you, catching you when you were uh, taking your tent down and then walking out of the, the grounds yeah. and, and working straight from there. So it was good. But then that night, 
uh, you had planned to stay on the grounds of another hostel, I believe, um, out past Ventry, if anybody knows Dingle, it's, it's the, or no, not Ventry, Dunquin, wasn't it? Yeah, correct. And then we got I don't out know there. Where I was gonna, where I was, but I know where I slept that night. It was just on the edge of a kind of a cliff. Not that I'm recommending anyone ever does that, but <laughs> I was looking. I was on a, on the just on on the edge of someone's field, looking out at the great great Blasket Island. So I was on the mainland near Dunquin, but I so I remember where I slept. It was near Slayhead, but I've no idea where I was planning on sleeping, which was often the case. But I don't. I think I did have a plan when I left you guys that day, but I didn't know. I can't remember where that was going to be. I think I'm pretty sure I remember now that we actually recommended it. We actually recommended that there is a hostel out that part of the island because Paul had walked the Dingle Way previously and he mentions that that was one of the hostels he stayed at. And we we recommended that. And then uh, we drove ahead just to see if it was open. And they actually had closed down, which sadly enough, it's gone now. And uh, you kind of have to like rapidly think on your feet and i suppose you were kind of used to at this point you were very cool and calm and collected about it you're like don't worry about it i'll get somewhere and then you must have knocked on someone's door and said can i camp in your field and they let i'm you. pretty sure when you drove off i had a breakdown <laughs> there were probably tears i actually remember that now as you're recalling it i remember you were driving back from dunquin and you stopped and i thought you were just going to stop to say hello when you delivered that news of course so I just said to myself, okay, well, I guess we're sleeping here tonight, wherever this, wherever this is. <laughs> so it's, it's like trying, I'm glad you remember that because, yeah. you know, anyone that does long distance trails will know this, especially when you take a, a trip long enough, like let's say a number of weeks or definitely a number of months, every, all the days roll into one, you know, like that cliche, mm. but you literally do start losing masses of memory like you can't remember where you slept the night before you don't remember like sometimes you don't remember what county you're in if it's in ireland or if you're abroad you're trying to remember what state is this again yeah. but it, it, it's just mad oh it's just mad how much you actually uh forget from a trip and you have to be reminded of because of you know when someone brings something up or you spot somewhere you've been before yeah well i guess it's it's so eventful that you know it's hard to just keep remembering all of those different things you know like it, it, if something mm. happens every every single day is different you've no you've no anchor really apart from you know you, you yourself your own existence yeah. like but you're, the, everything the, around you is changing every single day that's right there is actually a way to explain this i i couldn't do it myself now but i i met uh she was a psychotherapist i believe in luxor in Egypt and it was toward the end of a trip I did back in 2013 for any of your listeners that might know I spent one year riding a bicycle through Africa and at the end of that trip I was asking her because I was worried about my memory I couldn't remember the most simple things I was forgetting the names of people that I could see in my mind that I knew from years back like small things like that I just couldn't remember things and I couldn't I could rarely remember where I slept the night before I was forgetting these really recent events and she explained it to me. She said that something along the lines of when you, you're, you're having so many new experiences over and over, your memory has to let go of certain information mm. to make sure that you don't forget the most important things. For example, you're never going to forget the names of your, or what they look like. So your memory makes God, I'm sure you don't forget these things. But in order to make sure that that's the case because of all this inflow of new information, 
you have to let go of certain information. So maybe it's not so important where you slept the night before. <laughs> so she, and I'm sure there's a word, a term to describe that. Some of your listeners are probably know. I, I can't remember. I don't know. But um, it is some kind of, not a condition, but something that does happen. Yeah. 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 It's fascinating because like most people that are listening to this would have done or are planning to do long distance trails and i know from experience myself of you know hiking multiple days sometimes you're like what like what what day of the week is it where where did i eat last night what did i have what did i eat last night um and like even with people as well it's it it's such a contrast because a lot of what makes long distance hiking amazing it's not just the nature it's the people that you meet along the way and sometimes even even the most amazing people you meet along the way is like oh who was that person <laughs> oh, what yeah, was what, what was, was their name? name they they cooked me a really nice meal what was their name and that's definitely true you know when i when i first hiked the pacific crest trail you meet a lot of other hikers on that trail and it was almost the said thing that people would say it's about the people. It's not about it. So everyone was saying that. But by the time you were finished that trail, you were in no doubt that, as a matter of fact, it's all about the people. I mean, mm. nature is everything. And some might say, including myself, we are part of nature. We're one and the same. Mm-hmm. But the people you meet along the way are what make that. They bring it all to life. And they bring you the real lasting memories that actually mean something. You know that Chris McCandless saying, or was it actually Chris McCandless who said it? It was in the movie happiness is only real one so you know that that saying whoever made that quote i mean they're dead right and that's Mm. definitely been my experience of it when it comes to hiking so let's let's talk about the the pacific crest trail because i know you had your you have had multiple uh hiking trips and and you we can talk about micro adventures we can talk about like all the different uh adventures that you've done but let's let's talk about the pct initially what was your inspiration for doing something like that? How, how did that, how did that come into your, your universe? Yeah, the, the PCT actually quite, quite simple. I picked up the book wild by Cheryl Strayed. And I think this is how a lot of people hear about the trail. And especially if they haven't read the book by now, they may have known about the movie, but Reese mm. Witherspoon, I came across this, I believe it was in 2014 because I was cycling through Africa, which I mentioned at the time. I picked up this book. I really related to some of the things that she was saying. I loved how open and honest she was about her problems and all these kind of things. So I really connected with the book and her her writing style is phenomenal. One of the most amazing writers I've ever come across ever. And so I read this book and by the time I was finished it, I think I was in around Ethiopia at this time in my head. I was saying to myself, I'm going to do that next. I'm going to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. I'd never hiked before that, but before the cycling trip I was on, I'd never cycled either. So I just said to myself, right, I'm going to, I'm going to give hiking a crack. And part of the reason just to explain too, was because I was cycling on busy roads for a short while in the middle of the Africa trip. They were very busy roads with lots of trucks so in my head, I was saying to myself, I need to get away from these roads. And of course, hiking is how mm. you do that. Right. So that's how I kind of pieced those things together. So it was really after reading that book, I was just dead set on the Pacific Crest Trail. And yeah, that's well, that's how it happened. It's what that, that you're you're dead right. That is quite a common reason for people to get into the PCT or to find out about the PCT. They actually call it the wild effect. 
Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, most people that I've interviewed on on this podcast uh, have said that that is the same thing. Either they read the book or they saw it, uh, saw the movie, or they were told about it by somebody who has read the book or saw the movie, you know, like, the, and they've went and did their own research about it. But it's, it is one of those trails, though, that just transcends hiking. I, I, I think, you know, it, you know, transcends the through hiking or hiking communities where you, you hear about this, this trail that goes from Mexico to Canada or Canada to Mexico, depending on what way you want to go. And it just, it, it, same as the Appalachian Trail and, and even the Caminos to a, to a degree as well. And you hear about it and you're like, what is this? And it, it is this, has this magnetic effect where you're like, I want to know everything about that. Where do you go? How long does it take? What do you need to do to get, to make it happen? And a small percentage of people, including yourself, it then then go and actually do it. And the yeah, the, I suppose that sorry, the the um that magnetism of of something is just it's just it's it's so profound. I just I I I can't really think of anything that else in hiking that really kind of makes that stamp. Yeah. But you, you it's, it, it's on, real yeah. what you say. It's real what you say. I felt that magnetism you're talking about. I suppose that would have been my obsession with the trail before I ended up hiking it. And just so you know, I hiked the East Coast Trail as a preparation for the Pacific Crest Trail. And the East Coast Trail, is, I think it's 350 kilometers. Mm. That was a disaster. I decided not to hike the PCT then. And I, for, I put it out in my head for a year, but that magnetism came back. I just felt drawn back to the trail again, back to the P- PCT. And I said, I'm going to, this time I'm going to learn how to hike properly, get the right gear, and then it won't be such a disaster. But anyway, back to what you said with the magnetism, that is real. And you feel that on the trail. The longer you stay on the PCT, the more that expands and grows and you can't get away from it. it, it it's a really strange one. I, I'm not saying it only happens in the PCT. It happens on the Appalachian Trail or the, let's say the Continental Divide. You mentioned the Camino. It also happens on that. Mm-hmm. There's something about those particular trails or it, I think it also comes down to how long they are, how long you spend on it because then you're immersed in it more right yeah but whatever the the case be like whatever the reasons behind it is it's almost like the pacific crest trail has a life of itself it Mm. comes to life and then the people bring it to life too and it it's famous all over the world i mean it's the most spectacular scenery i've probably ever seen and i've done a lot of traveling but i just couldn't believe how spectacular it was day in day out the whole way so there's that too everything about it is really mag- magical and creates that magnet magnetic effect i think you're talking about and it got to the point like just to give an example around halfway i remember bernie falls i think it was i remember going back to the trail one day i went into town to pick up supplies with with someone else that was there we you know you hitch into the, t- the nearest town and then i wanted to get back to the trail i didn't want to stay in the town because sometimes you do that you stay in the hotel or a motel or whatever's available a campground I was just desperate to get back to the trail. And it was only when I put my tent up and lay down next to the trail that I felt okay. Mm. I just felt this calling of the trail. And I don't, I'm not, I don't mean to make this out to be bigger than it was. I just only, I only felt at home on the trail. And I started to notice other hikers saying the same thing. You only feel right when you get back on the trail. Like you appreciate being in the comfort of a town for a day or two and eating all the food, especially hamburgers and pizza. But at the same time, while you're in town, 
it starts to take over your brain again. You're all you can think about is, oh, we got to get back on the trail. We got to get moving again. We got to get out there. So there's definitely that magnetic effect before, and there's definitely that magnetic effect when you're in the middle of the trail. I wonder is is that the trail is it is it that that sense of of it being home, of like the trail being home, or is it also um, something to do with unfinished business that you, you know that this trail is. 4,000 kilometers long and you, and you need to complete that or or is it the, the, that uh, sense of home definitely part of it like I said I think there's a, a lot of different factors as to why that might happen or you might feel that way one of them is for anyone that's hiked the PCT or has researched it what's what's really obvious about it is you have to start at a specific time and mm. you have to finish by a specific time and that's because of the seasons and for example, when you finish the Mojave Desert, you need to get out of the Mojave before it gets too hot. It's literally too, like you just couldn't hike in there. That's how hot it gets. But then you can't enter the Sierra section, the big mountainous section in, in the beginning of California until the snow melts. So the whole time you're on a bit of a schedule. And to be honest, it is a real pain at times, at times, a lot at a time. It's really annoying that you're always having to think of that but it's the way it is right that's there's nothing you can do about it you just have to make peace with it and get on with it but for that reason you're always kind of sometimes you're in a rush but you always feel this kind of sense of I have to get back out there and keep moving and there's also this awful now this would happen on the Camino de Santiago or any other trail where there's other hikers that you meet you don't want to fall too far, far behind the people you know mm. and it's not like psychology wise you just don't want to fall too far behind anyway but you want to keep up with those people because once you fall even a half day or two days behind it can be hard to catch up you know because you you will want to do that at some stage to meet up with people and to hike with the people you you've met on the trail that you got on with so there's always that too like you say you know you will be wanting to get back out there for not just that reason i think lots of different reasons yeah um it's funny that you say that about about you know the having to rush at times and 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 uh but also trying to be present with with the trail as well because it's a constant conversation that i have with other hikers where you know there's people that are out there that are that that hike kind of for you know for the fkts or they're hiking for fitness they're hiking for crushing miles or or, or the fastest known time okay yeah yeah yeah. so like it's uh no, it is. I was going to say it's not really that prominent in hiking, but it is actually quite prominent. It's more so in in, mm. in the US and a little bit in the UK, yeah. um, where people obviously try to assess unsupported uh, uns- unsupported times on, on on particular trails. Um, actually, a, a couple we've had a, a couple of FKT guests on on this, but it's 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 this uh, contrasting you know uh, position of of someone who is like trying to get the trail done as quick as possible but then you've got mm. people that are like no i'm just going to take my time but you're explaining it in a way well you kind of have to do both like you do have yeah. to get there by a certain time and get out by a certain time and um, it really sucks and but you really want to like kind of slow down and embrace it yeah you want to and you want to take a day off or two days off but you, you know the reality of the pacific crest trail is and anyone that hikes it knows this is that you can't you have mm-hmm. to keep up with a certain schedule or you're going to end up having to skip, you know, sections in order to catch up to where you need to be. 
And this, uh, I was making videos a lot on the PCT on my YouTube channel. And quite often you'd have a lot of people from home who have your best interests at heart, of course, you know, they're just trying to be helpful. There's nothing wrong with it. You would hear it day in, day out, lots and lots and lots and lots of people asking you to slow down and take it easy and rest and don't be hiking through that, those pains. The reality is, and you don't want to, I mean, you don't want to make them feel bad for whatever they're saying and you don't want to explain it over and over, but the reality is you have to keep pushing on. Otherwise, you can't hike the Pacific Crest Trail. That's just the way it is. And there's no way around it. And uh, it does, as I said, it sucks, but that's, you know, what are you going to do? It's just what, it's the only way it can be done. Yeah. So what was the hardest part of the PCT in your mind? The hardest part? Do you mean the hardest section or what was the hardest aspect of it? The hardest aspect item, I'd say, because like, it, it, like everybody has their own challenges, whether it be heat, cold, altitude, elevation, yeah. terrain. But I suppose the hardest, hardest aspect for you. It, OK, well, first of all, it was by far the physically by far the hardest thing I've ever done. And I'm someone, as you probably know, I play down stuff a lot. Like when it comes to walking around Ireland, I'll happily say, here, it's just going for a walk every day. That's all it is. Yeah. And it is. The PCT is tough. The time constraints make it that way too, because you have injuries every day, especially in the first four to six, seven weeks. You have blisters, under blisters, under blisters. You've just got pains everywhere. We have to keep hiking through them for the reasons we already discussed, right? So physically, it's really tough for a lot of the time, most of the time. And it doesn't really ease off you get quicker and more able toward the end and that's great but it still doesn't mean it's not it's it's easy to, to hike up those huge peaks and in the heat or whatever the other logistics that make it hard might be so all of those things are hard physically and they play into the mind then so it becomes a mind over matter battle right mm -hmm. and for me personally the biggest issue i had on the pacific crest trail would have been dealing with personal problems while going through those physically hard parts of the trip, parts of the trip that would have been hard anyway, because they mm -hmm. were physical and because it takes a lot to mentally push through them. But then when I started to have personal problems and when I started to feel lonely at times, um, mm -hmm. that was by far the moments I really struggled because you literally be at the bottom of a climb. Like the Pacific Crest Trail is all mountains pretty much, you know, it goes through deserts and forests and everything, but it's you're up, down, up, down, like the Appalachian Trail, not, not so much as, as that. But anyway, you'd be at the bottom of an immense climb. You'll know that it's going to take you the entire day to get to the top and it's going to be really hard. And if you're sitting there not feeling motivated and having some kind of personal battle going on in your head, that's a bloody tough place to be. Mm -hmm. Because you also know most, most often, if you turn around to go back the other way, you're still going to have to climb a mountain just as big. You get me? So I just found that was a constant battle uh, throughout. And some people wouldn't have dealt with probably nearly even half the personal stuff that I was feeling on the trip. But that's just the way it was for me. And uh, that's definitely what I found to be the hardest part. And also to keep going, just to keep going, because you, you see less and less people as the trail goes on. You see a lot of people uh, start to leave the trail. And to go home or just to, you know, say, I'll come back another year and try it and just kind of, mm. I don't, don't want to say the words give up, but they just leave for whatever the reasons are. And then it's in your head too. You start thinking about that some days and you have to work through that and you have to just keep going and push through whatever it is. So 
it does take a lot of mental resolve to go through it. And that, I think that's why when anyone toward the end of that trip that I knew from near the beginning, well, sorry, anyone I met near the end of that trip, the last three weeks, I just remember looking at everyone with so much admiration for them. I really felt like they are just, they're my tribe. You know what I mean? To just know what they've been through and to know that they know what you've been through too. Like it's a, it's a very hard trail to hike for mm. all the reasons we talked about. So, you know, that's. Yeah. There's a really, there is a, it, it, it was uh, surprised me the low percentage of, of people that actually complete the Pacific crest trail or any of the, 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 the super long trails, the, the triple crown, if you will, mm. it, it, there's a really small conversion rate, if you will, of true hikers. And, I can only imagine like because I, I've we've sp- spoken quite a lot and like I've heard about a lot of your adventures and I would would consider you a fairly like mentally strong person that could see these things through and to hear you talk about how difficult that was uh, I can I can only imagine. You know a funny thing happened on the trail and after it at the hundred mile mark there's a place called Warner Springs and it's the first kind of hub that you arrive to that everyone celebrates if you make it there like you're doing well you've mm-hmm. done i think it's like five or six days and that's a lot of people leave in the first three or four days let's say so reaching warner springs is a very uh, big accomplishment for anyone and i remember meeting these people at a gas station and i was limping badly i had a really bad knee at the time and i met these people and we chatted and we got on really well and after the trail when i finished the trail five months later one of those people got in touch i didn't remember them because i never met them after the gas station and he said to me he said to me i couldn't believe that you finished the trail well done because we he said to tell you the truth we all made fun of you when you left the gas station that day saying he Ah. has no hope and i think it was partly because i wasn't in i wasn't feeling i was limping you know and i was in a lot of pain but i was also a little bit like oh my god this is hard yeah. and I wouldn't have been saying it to them but they obviously picked up on that and yeah it was funny and I really loved that he told me that like you said he said uh we, we, we all made funny well done because we all quit uh within two or three weeks of seeing you that day so wow you know but it, it just goes to show though as well and the, the the people that I met at the start of the trail I loved this about it I loved I just loved this because I'd never done anything like this before and I really didn't think I was able for it in the first few weeks but I loved that let's say the hardest people are the the most experienced people we met at the start of the trip the ones that had all the right gear and they were really experienced hikers etc quite often we never saw those people near the end of the trip they were the ones that left the trail and some of some of the people you met at the beginning who I even admittedly thought god I can't see him or her making it to the end of the trail because of it could have been anything their build or they might have been crying or not able for the blisters but then they would finish the trail and to just witness that was a that was an amazing thing to see you know that was purely mind not in every instance but it just showed like these people were just pushed through everything to Mm. get to the end of that trail in spite of the obstacles that they were facing you know so that was a really amazing thing to see and I think like a lot of people who listen to this will, will have seen those photographs or videos of people touching the monuments, you know, uh, the, the, the terminus on, on either side with huge amounts of emotion. And I think you've kind of 
described it pretty well there that that's that's what it is it's just this breakdown of oh my god i just completed this this it's nuts and the and another thing that comes up quite a bit and um we might talk about a little bit is is that post trail feeling of now it's over what what do i do how do i readapt to 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 regular society and there's that feeling of oh i need to get back on the trail i need to go to get back out there what was that like for you well by the end of the pacific crest i was absolutely delighted to get off the trail i was just broken everything was just no there was nothing left and as so often happens at the end of a very long trip like that that's physically demanding there's a the minute it's over that's it everything gives up you know your your body's finally and you start to feel very sore everywhere basically but even in the mind at the end of that trip for example i didn't even want to walk to the, the shop down the road and i didn't for weeks for weeks and weeks i didn't want to exercise i didn't want to do anything and i was very worried about myself because i'd lost a lot of weight on that trip which is inevitable because of the calories and the the lack of substance you can get in it so i was very uh i was struggling physically and with my health and mentally i wasn't doing good at all however i did have the benefit of finishing the cycle through africa a few years before that so that took one year mm. i was mostly alone on that trip and that trip was terrifying for me especially the the wild camping and a great depression at the beginning of that trip great anxiety problems so for me to be able to to get up and keep going every day and wild camping and like wildlife corridors and all this kind of thing that was a really big deal for me and at the end of that trip i had the experience you mentioned which was like geez what what the hell do you do after this so i went back into um a normal nine to five job as you say for a number of months then i hiked a short or the east coast trail mm-hmm. i just had a moment in the forest i looked up i remember looking up it was raining i was absolutely lashed on and i was looking up at the sky and i just said that's it i'm gonna leave my job again i'm gonna just find out how to keep doing these things forever i don't care what it takes i just have to find out how to do it so i went back and i left and anyway the point i was trying to get at was that this feeling tends to come at the end of every trip, especially the long ones. And there's always that nostalgia. There's always that sense of sadness, a real melancholy, a really awful sadness that the trip is gone and it's over and what now. But as I've learned in every case is you have to keep looking at now. You have to keep looking forward. You have to keep planning more trips, more adventures, and not be always looking back at that one time you did something, not mm. to be, you know, pandering to your memories. That's, you know, where does anyone go with that kind of a, an, an outlook? And I've tried it for long enough and it went nowhere. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. why I kind of am the way I am today. I try not to kind of dig too deep into that looking back and the sadness and I try to look forward and do more things. Uh, and it doesn't have to be. And this is something that you've been fantastic at of, of spreading awareness and spreading the word of uh, every adventure is an adventure. It doesn't matter how long or, or far that you you're out there for and like you had micro adventures you know you, you had these like let's go out for the night let's go camp in the dublin wicklow mountains let's go wherever is close by that you can go out for a couple a night or a couple of nights and just get out into nature uh, that like it doesn't have to be the pct it doesn't have to be the uh, camino it doesn't have to be these mm. huge uh, adventures uh if do what you can because it's it, yeah you're gonna remember do you think those it stops 
what do you think stops most people from doing let's say in the case of taking a big trip what do you think mm. stops most people from doing a great big trip like that what would be the most common reasons um i guess people are are they're possibly scared they're possibly scared yeah. it, it, it's outside of their comfort zone uh lack of right. preparation lack of understanding of so what they don't needed. have the experience yeah. yeah experience exactly and how do you get experience yeah well there you go right that's it's like going for a I job mean, and being told, sorry, you don't, you don't have the experience. Well, how am I going to get the experience if you don't give me a job? <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it's actually the very same thing. I mean, it, for so that is the experience. People are afraid because they don't think they're going to be able, that they might die or that mm. they might not come back from the trip, whatever. They might get hurt. In it. So I was kind of finding that that experience, lack of experience, let's say, was one of the main reasons why people wouldn't take a big trip on like that. But when you look at the Africa trip I mentioned, I'd never cycled before or mm -hmm. gone camping before. And I did that. Now, I had to push through a lot of fear to be able to do that trip. And that was daily. And I cried a lot, especially for the first month of that trip. I was so scared and lonely and confused or whatever. So I went through the same emotions as anyone else would that would go and do a trip like that. It's the same for the Pacific Crest Trail. I was afraid going into that trip in spite of my previous experiences and most of the people I met at, at the beginning of the Pacific Crest had never done anything like that before either. They mm. were all terrified. So they had to all push past that. What I believe is they had to be willing to be vulnerable, right? They had to be willing to be vulnerable in order to have that experience that they really wanted. That was the sacrifice. That was the sacrifice they had to make. And I think the other two reasons I, I, that most people won't or don't end up taking a big trip like that or don't end up doing a lot of things in life is time and money. Mm. They don't have the time available, for example, to go abroad and go on a big trip or they're committed to things here at home. So they can't go away for that long period of time. I get it. And then money, people don't have the money to hike the Pacific Crest Trail, which would cost more than it would to take a trip in Ireland. But that was actually why I took the walk around Ireland that you guys got involved with the hiker ended up sponsoring it was because I wanted to see if I could find the same sense of adventure here on my doorstep as I was finding around the world because I was hearing from people that they wanted to take a trip like the ones I was taking but they felt that they couldn't for the reasons we just talked about mm -hmm. and that's what I, I I found like I suspected I could maybe find some adventure in Ireland I had tried it before and I'd failed kind of you know I just pulled out of trips here there and everywhere but when I took that walk that continuous walk all the way around Ireland every day was just a really interesting day not every day was amazing that definitely didn't happen but every day brought something new and unexpected and I was you saw the way I was camping I ended up camping in the most weird places which ended up being the most beautiful places that you never mm -hmm. think of on camping for for example and then I was been offered into people's homes that were just randomly meeting me that didn't you know they weren't even watching my videos or any of that so the moral of the story for me at the end of that trip was guys you don't have to go anywhere this is literally here. And if you look at the very first day of that trip, I walked out the, the front door of my childhood home and I camped about 10 miles up the road on the side of a hill. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that was one of my favorite nights of the trip. So you can do this as we discussed, or you mentioned with micro adventures, you can do that any night of the week, really, as long as you get up and get down the hill before you have to go back to work in the morning <laughs> or wherever you need to be, you know, take the, the kids to school. Yeah. But uh, it's easier. Was... It's, it's, it's a little bit easier now, again, as well as with, uh, you know, remote working, the people that are remote working, you can, 
you don't have to get into the into an office. You don't have to put on a suit. You don't have to put on, you know, you, you don't you, you don't have to turn your camera on. You can just keep your camera off and be like, yeah, you just rolled out of a tent. Um, yeah, yeah. And the, actually, you know what? The first time, the first time I ever went camping like that, I did go to work in a suit the next day. The feeling sitting down at my desk at nine o'clock in the morning with my my hair was I had a bit of hair at the time, it was a bit scruffy. I was like, that was so exciting. The people next to me in work were like, What are you giggling at? I'm like, oh, I was just camping last night. They're like, what? And I washed my face in the river and then I put my suit on and went into work in the bus. And they like they couldn't, they were like, You were camping last night. Yeah how did you get up there so after work yesterday i just i legged it up at the tent and i came back to work today this morning but it felt so exciting so mm. rebellious you know to be sitting in a suit at the desk and feeling alive having just been out the night before you know on a school night as we call it yeah oh, that, that's uh that's something i'm gonna have to try one of these days i, I don't think i've done it yet um but I, I suppose I'm kind of in a previous position now where I can kind of do that and, that and call that work, <laughs> you know? Exactly, exactly. Work hard. Yeah. But you, you have, you, like, we won't talk, just talk about the PCT. Like, there, there has been other adventures. Obviously, you had your amazing cycling trip through Africa, with, which still blows my mind every time I, I think about that. That that was, and it wasn't just a straight up trip. Like, you zigzagged the whole way up as well. So I remember you telling me one story about a... Uh, an elephant and an encounter with an elephant you might if you oh, if you yeah. don't mind telling telling me the story again just so i can uh reminisce. yeah that was a wild that was a wild day lots of different things happened that day um there was a big storm well that came later on i i it was in botswana the kalahari desert so the roads are really straight just really really straight you can see for miles in each direction and yeah you just keep going and it was starting to get dark and it was near a place called the Naipam, which is known for Magadi Gadi pans. It's, it's known for, it's especially known as being an area where you might find lion. Okay. And hyena obviously and everything else. And so I did not want to camp out that night. I was just really, I was really scared, especially for the first few months of that trip. And especially in our wildlife corridors, I was just terrified every night, really wetting myself, terrified. So I was in this, this uh, area and I could see it up ahead. I could see it for miles and it was an elephant, a bull elephant on the side of the road. And I was eating the Amarula fruit, which is a delicacy that they go nuts for, but they also get drunk off it. And it was a bull elephant. So a bull elephant that's drunk on Amarula fruit is not one you want to be near. So anyway, I waited there for, I don't know, it must have been an hour and a half waiting for it to move away from the road but it wouldn't go and so then I was left with the dilemma right well I can't stay here because it's getting dark the next village is another two hours away I think it was so I have to go I have to go or else I'm going to be at camping out here for the night so <laughs> so I just went and I'll always remember this this moment because it was a really weird moment I I went past the elephant it just turned around its ears went up which is what it does when it feels threatened or it wants to warn you and it, it did make a noise but not a full trumpet noise or anything and I just remember for some weird reason I put my feet up in the air up towards the handlebar so off the pedals and just just freewheeled past them i've no idea why i did this because you, you think you want to maybe go a bit faster but i just yeah. i didn't know what else to do i just put my feet up and i just i was just watching them 
I was just giving him the side eye, just watching him, probably with my mouth open, and just went past. And he he didn't do anything, of course, but you know that was that was as close as I'd come to kind of getting into any trouble with with any wildlife there. And it was a it was a mad day because there was a huge storm after that the village i wasn't going to make it and this storm was so violent and the wind just picked me up like a sail my bike acted as a sail and it just pushed me all the way to the village in not even like half the amount of time it should have taken me i was flying down the road so uh yeah that was a mad 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 day Jeez, all like the the elevation, the mountains, the the encounters with wildlife storms ireland must have been a bit of a, a walk in the park I think that's how I actually became friends with the forest here. You know, I think that's how I got, how I, I got over my fear of camping here in Ireland. Because in Ireland, as everyone knows, we don't have predators. We have some pretty dangerous sheep and deer. <laughs> but but there's still that fear that comes, the primal fear that comes with going out, especially on your own, going out with the tent at night. And I felt that for years. So I was afraid to go and do it. But after being in Africa, I think it was kind of jumped in at the deep end. And when I came back here to Ireland, I was looking around me going, God, there's nothing actually to worry about here. You've been out how many times and nothing's happened. So why will it happen now? Like, just go out your tent and try and relax, you know? So, yeah, I think jumping in at the deep end with camping, wild camping, it made it seem like not such a big deal here. But then again, when I went to America after that, I was afraid of my life of bears and rattlesnakes, which I saw lots of, you know? So I think anything that's not familiar to us is what's going to scare us regardless, right? Yeah. Um, the the walk around Ireland was was something I suppose different compared to, to all the other walks or or adventures that you'd done. It was a loop. It was a complete loop. Yeah. So what was it like? Yeah. Having left your house in Furhouse, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, and and Lovely, then walking yeah. and walking all the way around and coming back into the homestead. Yeah, that, it was a very um. I don't actually know how to answer that bit about the end because I remember it vividly and it just didn't, it felt just so normal. Mm. I, I think what was apparent to me though on the last few days of that trip was a lot of people started to follow the trip and get in t- touch with me. And I met a lot of people on the road that stopped or offered me things, you know, whether it was a coffee or a place to stay or just support. So what was really apparent to me was I started that trip with just an idea I'm going to walk up onto the hillside and camp and I'm going to see if I can make it as far as Kerry. Right. And that for me was the aim. I was like, geez, if I make it to Kerry and the other side of Ireland, that would be a big deal. Like that's what I'd be happy with that. So I left the house without any plan with no, there was no such thing as a trip. Then it was just me walking with my backpack. But by the time I came home, I had all you guys involved, you know, I had the sponsors and I had thousands and thousands of people watching every day and wanting to be part of the trip and coming out to try and meet me while I was walking. And this was happening over and over. And people, of course, telling me how it affected them, whatever I was saying in the videos at times, because I was, I was, if you remember, I was telling my story a lot in those videos, you know, about my parents passing away and then me come me being away from Ireland for so long and kind of afraid to come home and then coming home to see if I could still have roots here and still be connected so I was talking about all these things and I suppose people picked up on it in some way and started to tell me how the story affected them so when I came back to Dublin at the end of that it was like it was a real big wow moment that wow 
that 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 was actually what we might call magic. You just created something out of nothing. And I'm talking about the the trip, not just the reaction. It was like you just literally walked out the door, and then all that stuff just happened. And it it did just happen, you know. Mm. It did just happen. Like I was just walking. I was just talking to the camera, and that was it. But all that stuff the whole way around, none of it was planned, as we know. And that <laughs> that put me in trouble sometimes, or with nowhere, nothing to eat, or no, you know, not nowhere to stay. But that was the magic of it all. And I think, as I said, by the time I I came home, that was the one real standout for me. It was like, wow, that was that was literally created out of nothing. That wasn't mm. a route. There were trails, of course, that I was on at times, you know, that I was using the hiker wrap for and so on. But for the most part everything was just random it all just fell together it literally began from walking out a front door and that's how it finished and everything that happened in between was just kind of magic yeah that's kind of the the nicest way of traveling i think we've spoken about this before i think we actually spoke about this in the interview as well it's just having having a kind of an end point or even a rough kind of goal of where you're going and just filling the gaps every day, filling the, or if, mm. it's, if it's one day, you know, I'm going to go there. I kind of know where I'm going and I'm going to just try and get there, whatever. And whatever happens in between happens in between. It's. Yeah. You know, it definitely it, keeps you motivated. It does. Yeah. And like, it, it's, you know, I, I love, I love having a structured week. I love having a structured day and like kind of know what I'm doing. It, it works really well when you have a job and you have got things to do and you've got goals to set every day and time management and all that stuff. But when you're, when you're trying to escape, you're trying to escape that. Like if you're going on a trip, you want to escape that. Um, mm. You don't want to, to lean into it more. You don't want to have, uh, a very structured regimented trip okay this is what we're doing every single day this is how far i'm going to walk every single day you want to put to kind of lean into the whole yeah unstructuredness I, of it if you will yeah i totally get what you're saying you want the not that you don't want routine but you want a different type of routine yeah the, the, and actually when i was on that walk in ireland every day was so different and so interesting one of the reasons because of that for me was because i wasn't aiming for any you know i was for example i was being ready to go and see certain attractions but i never went to those places because i was finding when i didn't have a specific aim you know i was in those attractions that's where the, the magic i mentioned kind of happened i ended up in these places i'd never heard of never expected to find out and then i would have this random spontaneous meeting with somebody you know mm-hmm. some stranger that and the adventure would go from there or else i'd end up in a place of beauty that we don't see in the front of the magazines or that the tourist board doesn't promote here you know what i mean that is actually more special because it feels like it's just yours for that moment in time yeah. so that yeah that, the, as i said happened because of what you just said you know when you go out and you don't have that real structured thing in mind and that i i remember i remember one thing in particular it was it was in some wild part of kerry along the Kerry way and you just came across an old dilapidated uh, house or some sort of rune and one of your videos was kind of spent exploring that rune and that like you wouldn't have got that if you like if you had if you were like I need to get by the, to this point by a certain time today or my reservation is in this place you were just walking down a trail and you found something that you were like I'm gonna spend a bit of time exploring this you know right um, yeah one of my exactly. other, if, I don't one, know. 
one of my sorry, just one of my other favorite moments from that trip is when someone drove up beside you and gave you a Kit Kat. <laughs> <laughs> the postman. Yeah. <laughs> that was his name is Jerry in County Sligo up near Eastky. Actually, you know, he stopped to have a chat with me and he didn't know this. I don't know if you remember this. Um, he didn't know that I'd no food that day. I'd gone a couple of days without finding a shop, which is very rare in Ireland. But that part was just, there was nothing open, I think, in the little town I went through. And then before that, I'd been on the Bangor Trail, which is the most remote place in Ireland. Yes, yes. So that postman didn't, didn't know that I had no food in my bag. And I was my everything was gone. My blood sugar, everything was just really low. And I was mm. I was I was starting to lose it, like the energy wise and all that. And there's very few cars in that part of Ireland as well. So anyway, this postman pulls up and he offered me the Kit Kat and he didn't know what that meant for me. That was everything. And the funniest thing about it was after our chat, I was walking down another road about five hours later back because, you know, I was just walking on these random back roads, finding my way half the time. And I bumped into him again and he took out, he had a three pack of Kit Kats. He'd given me one and he took out the other two and he goes, here, you have the other two of them as well. And he gave me his, his, his last two Kit Kats. So he gave me three Kit Kats in total and that got me to the next town. I don't know if it was Bally Shannon, somewhere like that. But I always remembered him. And actually, I was I was trying to find out if somebody could get in touch with him. I'd love to just go and say thanks to him because he said he saved me that day. But he was a terribly nice fella. And it was a really random meeting with a local who was just being kind for no reason other yeah. than to be kind, you know. So that was that was a really cool day. Yeah. So actually, I uh, wish we had known that uh, myself and Paul and 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 Pete from Hiker, we actually took a little work trip out to Eastky there last week. So I uh, wish we had known that we would try, try ah, to yeah, yeah. find them. It's a nice part of the country, isn't it? It's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's the, the surfing capital of, of Ireland. It's absolutely stunning. The waves mm. there are magical. And, you know, even if you're not a surfer, just to go there and stand we, we 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 chased the storm we we came at the end of storm barra there last week and uh the we we were there for the the, the night before with the wild waves that were coming in but we were there the, the morning after and just watching the surfers surfing these wow. monstrous waves um so it was, yeah it was, it was spectacular and then the, the people around there it's yeah absolutely no cases yet um but just the people around that part of the country are just, they're wonderful, wonderful people. And the countryside yeah. is just, it's gorgeous. Um, yeah. That's rural uh, Ireland for you as well. Yeah. I know we're, we're about Irish, of course, so we're going to say this, but the people in the countryside here, they're just, you know, not every single last one of them. There's the odd farmer that'll tell you to get out of his field, but yeah, almost, almost every encounter that you have, the people are, they do live up to the reputation, the hospitality reputation they that the, the Ireland has around the world, I suppose, you know, they're just, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's not just to, to, to tourists. It's not just the people coming in. It, it's, it, it's Irish people as well. Like we, we, we definitely have, uh, well, especially the uh, people that live in rural parts of the country, we definitely have that magical welcoming uh, yeah. warmth. Um, but even, tenfold or, or 20 fold when you're walking through their town or walking along their 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 village with a big backpack on your back and your back right and why do you think that's why do you think that's different i think that's different because you're when you're walking down the road with with something on your back and you're clearly 
you're clearly a hiker and if you're if people don't recognize that you're a hiker they're still in in inquisitive they want to know what's going on where have you been today what have you done today why is that big bag on your back um mm. and i feel that inquisitiveness along with the welcome and the warmth uh mm. just it, it, it's just this perfect cocktail where you know you just you have these really really gorgeous encounters with people i've i've had a handful of them in my experiences but every single time i speak to someone on this they they tell me you know thousands of interactions where mm. they've walked through a town where there's probably you know there's been a like only a handful of people that have actually been in the town full stop that day and you're one of them and you've got a big bag in your back you know they're they're gonna they're gonna ask you questions and like it's it's not yeah. from a, a place of animosity it's from a place of inquisitiveness and and welcoming you know come into my town i want to know all about you yeah yeah it, it's great I, I experienced that a lot on the africa trip on the bike because you're on the bike you're exposed to all of this mm. all the time too i i always put it down to the vulnerability you know i was so vulnerable so they didn't fear me to begin with because i wasn't in a car and i just had this crappy little bicycle at the time so they kind of saw me on their level in Africa at times more than they would if I was a tourist in a big tourist vehicle, you know? So I always felt that, that, that opened up the conversation straight away, but they still asked all the same questions that the people you were mentioning do here in Ireland, yeah. you know, in, in Africa. So I'm, I'm saying all over the world, people do ask the questions you talk yeah. about, you know, where are you going? Why are you doing this? What, what's it for? Like, are you okay? And it's just, it's, it's interesting. People respond that way to, to people when they're on foot or you know even on the bicycle it's it's interesting it, it, it's it's that global language i think you know wherever you go hiking yeah of course you've got wilderness you've got wildlife you've got threats like that that exist but it's this universal language where like wherever you're going you can do that and i think people understand that language yes they might ask you questions but they cut you're you're doing something you're you're on some sort of mystical adventure i suppose yeah um yeah it's true i want to ask you because this is a hiking show and you're a hiker uh you're an adventurer yeah. uh, um what does hiking mean to you what does hiking mean to me well i knew you were gonna ask me this question doesn't mean i have a decent answer for it you see the trips that I've taken on foot have all been very transformative. They've been very transformative. There's something about walking. It, well, I suppose it's the slow nature of walking. You know, it's slower than being on a bicycle or on a motorbike or in a car, of course. And being able to absorb everything around you, I think it's related to being in the present moment. It has a way of putting you instantly into the present walking is the quickest and easiest and most accessible way to be present because it's the quickest form of exercise so that's going to happen naturally but i just think there's this formula there for when you're walking across a landscape let's say that you are not only in the present moment but you just feel in tune with everything around you and the rhythm the natural rhythm of your feet on the ground it doesn't just feel good but it's it that that motion is soothing to the mind maybe in 
in a similar way to a baby in the back of a car and a car seat. Mm-hmm. Right? It just has that. It just feels right. And people have been doing it since the beginning of time. There was a time when all they did was walk, you know, wherever they couldn't go any go anywhere, any other way. So there's I think that's still it within us somehow. But for me, hiking is about that. I mean, hiking is about going out to have a walk to clear my head or going out to have an interesting day to have fun. You know, try not to take it too serious all the time or to be overthinking it. But at the end of the day, it is how I sort out my problems or it is how I clear my head or get perspective. It is how I go and find space because you quite often need to leave where you are to go and find that physical space and that head space. So for me, it's the perfect way to do that. And it's the, it's my, let's say my gateway to feeling grounded because you can go back mm-hmm. out to nature. You can go back out and see what, what I like to call it, the real world and see that everything in the world is working okay. Everything's working exactly as it always has done, as it always will. And that will tell me that everything's fine. So walking is what brings me to all of these places, I suppose. So it's everything and it's anything. You know, I know that's not a specific answer, but that's as kind of specific as it can be. Because it it is something, by the way, I think about a lot and I talk about a lot. There's so many reasons why it's good for us or why we enjoy it or why we should do it. So to put it down to any one thing for me, be like, oh, I don't know. That's uh, probably not going to be possible. (laughs) It's not. It's not. And like, that's the, the, I suppose the purpose of that question is that you would answer that another time and it could be, marginally different to be marginally different the next time you'll you'll have something that's in or around the kind of the same but you'll always have a slightly different kind of take on it and everybody yeah. has it but it all boils down to that kind of it's it is there, anything there is it a, is everything yeah yeah and there is another really big reason why i like walking in general or why i appreciate it and it's to do with the egalitarian side of it everyone's mm. invited you know mm. everyone that is able to walk can do it you know it doesn't matter what size you are what age you are what shape you're in none of that stuff matters and it's not about records it's not about the highest the best the fastest and i'm i'm pretty slow in general when it comes to long trips as well so i'm definitely not setting any records that you want to have but but it is it it is about that for me everyone's invited and i i love that and i love that you're not aiming to always be challenging something or to you know to you're not always trying to fix your problems by being the fastest or the best because that's a recipe for letting yourself down Mm. right and you don't you don't want to be doing that all the time so that's what i love about it too and we have a a walk well i I was running a a walking group every november for the last three years that's a phenomenal success because i think everybody just know all you need to do is go out for a walk every day it can be five minutes ten minutes doesn't matter where and take a picture on it and all we do in that group is talk to one another and people tell their stories about who they are, what's going on in their life and something they've learned that year or something they've learned about life that they can share with us. And it's that, again, it's egalitarian. The walking is what brought us all together. Everyone can do it. Nobody feels like it's something they can't do. Nobody or everyone knows how to do it, <laughs> hopefully, you know. So all of that for me matters too. And yeah, so I could have answered it that way now that you say it and just more to just proves your point really that it could answer it differently every time. exactly exactly <laughs> uh, I, I, every, it, most answers will have the same kind of formulas they'll have the same kind of 
uh, ingredients, if you will, but there, it's always kind of a different answer. And, and I would have an answer. I'm pretty sure I've, I've tried to give my take on it in every episode of this podcast, but it's probably been different every single time because <laughs> it's just like the trail. It's like, it's it, the, the metaphor for life. It, like it, 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 it's, it's ever changing. It's always changing. It's always there. Uh, it'll take you, it'll spit you back out. It'll make you feel amazing. It'll make you feel shite. Um, it loves you. You love it. It hates you. You hate it. Like it's just, it's constantly changing. But the 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 idea of presence, I suppose, and you hit the nail on the head with the the real world. That's that's what it is. It's that is the real world, not necessarily on a um you don't have to be on a on a on a trail a way trail or anything like that just being outside and being in nature and, and walking through nature is the is the key to that and 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 being present um i want to ask a you good one time i think to know that too isn't it it's a good time to know that when you're out in nature if you spend long enough out there in the forest or on the hill or whatever and you pay attention to that every day you'll start to see like i said everything is working exactly as it should so if that's true, which it is, and we know it is, then that also means the only things that are out of sync are the things that we constructed, us mm-hmm. humans, and that includes our own thoughts, right? But it's it's a very comforting thing for me and why I believe everyone should spend as much time now as they can outside. It is a form of meditation too, you know, but it, mm-hmm. it breaks the chain. It can plug you out of the matrix and it can plug you back into yourself. Well, it's actually one of the things that's built into our mission with with Hiker, and I suppose a lot of companies in the outdoor industry, um, yours as well, so is one thing that we never really kind of touched on as well is is the outdoor out there brand that you have is this idea of the kind of the overview effect. Um, if you're familiar with like it, what astronauts kind of get is when they're when they spend so much time exposed to a certain view of the planet that they have this new found um affection this new found love this new found perspective mm. on on planet earth and, and how fragile that it is and a lot of people that spend a lot and i'm sure you probably experienced this a, a good bit when you're on out in your long adventures is completely new perspective of the beauty but also the fragility of the world that's around us and that's something that we're very much uh, is in mind for hiker is that we want to get as many people out hiking as possible so hiking is our is our our vertical if you will if you want to put it into kind of business talk is our vertical that's this is how we want to get people outdoors because we truly believe that if people spend more time outdoors and in nature that it will have that overview effect. You will get that sense of, oh, hang on a second. Everything out here is great. Everything, like, everything out here is beautiful, but everything back there is out of whack. Everything, not everything, but like, you, you know, if if societies are crumbling, if, if, if governments are, are, you know, coming out with mad rules, if, if companies are, 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 are bankrupting nations all this kind of stuff that's nothing to do with nature do you know so like it 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 kind of gives you that new perspective um and that's yeah that's that's a kind of part of our mission is to just try and get more people out there so they can kind of start to see these things and and then hopefully that will have a a positive effect on the future of 
our civilization, the future of our race and, and how we can improve societies. Um, I like that. It's, and no doubt it will. Yeah. Uh, like it might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. But, you know, at, at some point, if enough people are doing that, you know, I don't know how big of an impact the hiker is going to have. I don't know how much of an impact we as individuals have. But, you know, the, the ocean is is made up of many drops of water. So that's that's what we're trying to mm. do is to be that one of those drops of water. Anyway, it's also with, with the going outside. I mean, it's obvious you should go out, go without saying that it's it's one of the only times that you get to be by yourself if you want. Right. It's one of the only times that you can go out, let's say, in a forest and be without all the distractions that are designed to occupy your minds here. Mm-hmm. You know, everything and everyone around us. And it's no one's fault. You know, it's just the way it is. But everything and everyone around us is designed to distract us from whatever we want to think or do or say. Yeah. And so the only time we can really get a break from that and really get including our, a break from our phones or the Internet or from people or from whatever work or whatever's around us is when we go up into the hillside or into the forest or wherever it is. So it's physically something that's really obvious that's going to allow you to go away, go out there and get away from whatever you should be away from or whatever you need to be away from. Mm, absolutely um i wanted to ask you another question as well but uh, kind of uh, again this this question kind of changes on, on every episode but it's something to do with discovering something either about yourself or about about ireland uh the question started off as what have you discovered about ireland that you wouldn't have known uh before hiking around it or hiking through it um, but it, it's it's it, it, you could also answer this. What have you discovered about yourself? So I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll let you both come up with the question and answer the question. Uh, well, they're both connected. As a matter of fact, what I discovered about myself and about my country, they're both connected because since the walk around Ireland, while I was on that trip there was a lot of reasons why I started to feel connected to the place that I'd run away from many years before and the reasons I'd run away from was more to do with my parents passing away and just I I was depressed at the time and in a very dark spot but nevertheless when I came back that's when I started to reconnect and it happened to me let's say because as I was on that trip I was hearing the music coming out of all the pubs I was meeting all these people in the countryside I was going to all these uh these natural areas and then I was coming across all the landmarks and monuments and starting to learn about them and something I've been doing a lot in recent years is reading about like Celtic spirituality and reading about the history behind our culture which is not something that's made up by the way you know some people think it's just like fairy kind of talk it's very real and it's been watered down over the years and kind of hidden from us for long enough that we don't really know that it's actually our real culture and it's right, all, it's all around us, it's within us. So what I realized about Ireland and about myself was that I was part of all of this and that we are all part of it and that we ought to uh, not look for it, but we ought to know that we are part of it. And I love reading about that sort of thing. My favorite book, by the way, is Anam Kara. I wanted to recommend that on this podcast because sure. i always mean to recommend it at times uh, by john o'donoghue he talks about a lot of stuff that i've just felt like i've experienced in the last few years as a result of going out into the outdoors spending time with nature and connecting with my inner self you know what i mean and connecting with the culture and knowing what's what's beyond the land is in what actually took place on the land and 
what the traditions and the old customs of our people and our old ways were all of that there's so many things within what I just said that I've learned that I didn't know before I went out hiking before I went out on this walk around Ireland as it was at the time so I've learned a hell of a lot and it's totally changed my direction even up till this day in terms of my personal and professional life like the stuff that I talk about in all my videos now I very rarely you probably noticed this I very rarely talk about gear or mm -hmm. talk about trails or any of that stuff it's me following my truth it's me following that path that I found myself on and it's me really trying to get to the bottom of who I am on the inside who we all are what we're part of and a lot of that's to do with the, the stuff I mentioned with the Celtic spirituality and, and culture and all of that so that's stuff I'm just really trying to tune into and that's why I talk about it all the time in the videos yeah it's definitely something I've noticed in your videos uh, of late and it's you know it's uh, there's, a, there's a time and place for gear and, and all that kind of stuff but what's what's more interesting and it's what I do on this as well is I don't talk about gear really all that often every now and again I might ask you know how did you do that with you know how did you survive in that weather and then a, a piece of gear comes into, into conversation yeah. but it's it's about the stories and that's what people are I find are more enthralled or well, at least uh, that's what I'm more interested in and, yeah yeah and I, I, think, I think most people are I think, like a, I think they, I think they are care to use, but they are more interested in the story right? yeah like gear is like oh that's search engine optimization yeah you can get you can get <laughs> you can guess like get got all marketing about it and you know just put the, the gear names out there get backlinks and all that kind of stuff but you're not going to yeah. get the stories that's right. that's what people are are interested in so um no I I I I, I think I speak for well I speak for myself Go and follow Derek Cullen on all the channels because you're a fantastic storyteller. Um, your uh, your adventures and, and and the way that you you speak about your adventures and and what you've learned through adventure is uh, is very compelling and it's uh, it's it, it comes across as very honest and and while it's it's a story, there's a lot of advice in there as well. You know, not not just advice, hiking advice, is life advice in there as well, which you know, a lot of people can learn from. So, um, hats off and kudos to you for for all the work that you're doing. And um, I'll definitely be be following you uh, for for many adventures forthwith. Uh, thank you so much. That's uh, I I never quite know what to say when when you say things like that on as you always do <laughs> no thank you so much that's amazing and yourself and paul have been a great support since you know years going back a few years now so i always always appreciate that you do amazing work too and the app is fantastic as i discovered on my recent walk it's come on leaps and bounds to say the least since yeah. i've used it before so i'm loving that but thank you so much i really really appreciate it and yeah that's that's uh, I suppose that it's a great compliment because that's all I want to do you know you I want to just focus on what I'm interested in and not do the things that I know can make me money you know for brands yeah. that things that I'm often asked to do I don't I never do that and so I love when people do recognize that I'm just here to tell the stories or not tell you what to do but to pass on stuff that I've done wrong that maybe you learn from in life not just in hiking and you know the good you, you make the mistakes so, so we don't have to Exactly. Yeah, I'm. I'll be the. I'll be the guinea pig. The hiking <laughs> guinea pig.
thank you so oh, much Alan. i really appreciate that i know thank you thank you derek thanks for coming on Um, so look appreciate you coming on taking the time out and having a chat with us uh, i know we could definitely chat all day and i'm sure we will at some point uh, we'll catch up properly soon uh but yeah thanks very much uh where can people find you um across all your channels yeah well pretty much everywhere that's how ridiculous i am online with putting my name absolutely everywhere you can put your name i I think the one that i use most is facebook i know not everyone uses it nowadays but uh that's where i use it or that's where i post most of my updates um that's Derek cullen outdoors and it's also on youtube same name and instagram there might even be an unused tiktok account there i was just gonna ask you if you've (laughs) fallen down to the the rabbit hole of tiktok yet uh i i just I, I'm, I get a bit too lazy. I lose in, interest in posting on all these different platforms, but it's just it's just Facebook for, for now is the one I really focus on. So that's probably the best place where people can find me. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure I stick all the links into the uh, the show notes so people can find you properly. But uh, I appreciate it. Again, Derek, thanks for all your time. Thanks for the chat. And uh, let's catch up soon. Thanks a lot. See you, everyone. Cheers. As you could probably tell, myself and Derek could chat all day, and we kind of did. We we spoke for another hour or so afterwards, uh, really get on with Derek. He has such a good outlook on life, on outlook on on the outdoors and and everything, so um, definitely is an interesting guy to talk to. Um, I was kind of kicking myself that I can keep recording, but hey, that's just how the show goes. Um, love to hear your feedback on this uh, you can reach out podcast at hiker.co let us know what you think um, or reach out to us on social media follow us on all the social medias be sure to like share the podcast let your friends know about this we love your support and we appreciate everybody who's been supporting so far that's it for this week back next week with another interview uh, have a great week guys happy trails <laughs>